All right, so before we start, we have to establish what it means to have, have a heart that has good soil. So turn your Bibles or read it right here. Mark chapter 4, verse 14 through 20. The word says, the farmer sows the word. Some people are like seeds. Some people are like seeds along the path, path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes the word away that was sown in them. Verse 16, others are like seeds sown on rocky places. They hear the word at once, they receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they only last a short time. When trouble or persecution come because of their, the word, they quickly fall away. Still others like seeds sown, sown among thorns. They hear the words, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desire for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Others, like seed sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop. Some 30, some 60, some 100 uh, times what was sown. So let's have a good heart, good soil, right? Let's pray for good soil, right? The focus I want, the place I want to focus on right now is rocky places and thorns. You hear the word of God every Sunday, but then some rocky stuff comes on and you can't produce. You hear the word of God, but then you get all these ambitions and, and, and thoughts planted in your head. You want to be a celebrity. You want to do this. You want to be cute. You want to have money. You want to go to Dubai. You want to do all these things, right? You want to go to Salt Babe, Salt Bay's Steakhouse. You want to do all these things, and then the word gets choked out. I pray that everybody in Summer Church will have a good soil in their heart. So when they hear the word of God, it produces something in their life. Can I hear amen? So last week's sermon recap, we talked about holiness. The ultimate goal of holiness is to become like Jesus and reflect his character in all our aspects of our life. We talked about happiness, that Christians should be holy. Christians should be happy. You know you could be holy and happy at the same time. I didn't know that. I thought you, I, I, I thought you had to be uh, baptized in lemon juice, right? I thought to be holy, you had to be sour, right? To get that sour power. And then to be happy, you had to compromise. Ooh, I didn't know. Now I know. And then we talk about holy, happy, healthy. We talked about helpful, right? You want to be helpful. Helpfulness is not just about what we do for others, but it's about who we become in the process and staying hopeful. And we talked about all those H's last week. So today we want to talk about transformed by Christ, revealed, healed, and sealed for his glory. Let's look at these text scriptures. Colossians chapter 1, verse 26 through 27, right? And so we know Paul was writing to the church of Colossus because they started listening to some bad uh, theology. Christ wasn't enough. They wanted to talk about it. angels and demons and, and other things, right? It's traditions. So he was trying to say, like, listen, it's all about Christ. So Colossians 1, 26 and 27 says, the message was kept secret. For centuries and generations past, but now it has been revealed to God's people. For, for God wanted them to know that the riches and glory of Christ 
are for you Gentiles too. And this is the secret. Christ lives in you. This gives you assurance of sharing in his glory. Matthew chapter 17, verse 1 through 8. This is a deep scene, the Mount of Transfiguration. Six days later, Jesus took Peter and the two brothers, James and John, right? And, you know, there's levels. Jesus had like 144, 72, 12, and 3, right? So no matter how long you've been serving the Lord, there's levels. We can still continue to rise up in our revelation, illumination, and application. Can I hear an amen? So it says, he took these three, led them to a high mountain to be alone. As the men watched, Jesus' appearance was transformed that his face shone like the sun. Ooh, and his clothes became as white as light. Suddenly, Moses and Elisha, praise the Lord, that represents like the Lord prophecy, appeared and began talking with Jesus. Peter exclaimed, Lord, it is wonderful for us to be here. If you want, I'll make three shelters as a memorial, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. But even as he spoke, the bright cloud overshadowed them. And the voice from the cloud says, this is my dearly loved son, right? Don't worry about Elijah. Don't worry about Moses. Recognize the glory and grandeur of who's standing before you at this time and moment. This is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. Listen to him. Don't get caught up with Moses. Don't get caught up with Elijah. That was all a precursor to Jesus Christ. Listen to him. The disciples were terrified, fell face down on the ground. Then Jesus came over and touched them. Get up. Don't be afraid. And when they looked up, Moses and Elijah were gone. And they only saw Jesus. That's a sermon. They only saw Jesus. Ooh. Stop looking at Puerto Rico all the time. Look at Jesus. Stop looking at your political leader. Look for Jesus. Stop looking about this part of the Bible, that part of the Bible, the Illuminati, and blah, 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 blah. look for Jesus. Listen to him. So the introduction of the TLDR is the big idea. We're going to be we're going to, uh, going to be learning more about Christ through his revelation. Trust, so like, never stop learning about Christ. Never outgrow Christ. Trusting God in our continual healing and wholeness. Come on, we, we, we got to get better. We already know don't get bitter, but we got to get better. We got to get a whole, we got to get healed. And then we're talking about being sealed by the Holy Spirit as an evidence of our faith. This sermon emphasizes the importance of applying these concepts in our life to experience the transformative power of Christ. I don't want you to just be a church member. I want you to be walking power, love, and grace, and Holy Ghost swag, and anointing. See, when you trust God's love and embrace God's kingdom, then God will invite you to partner with him. When you walk with Jesus, then God will help you look like Jesus. When you show others kindness, then God will, will come in through you as a vessel and show them grace. When you invest in the kingdom of God, then God will invest in you and yours. When you relax and rest in God's presence, not lazy, but trust, then God will guide you. When you pray attention and pay attention and learn to notice God, then God will reveal his presence. And when you place your hope in God, then God will give you more hope. 
So let's talk about revealing, right? Revealing, healing, and sealing. So it's my prayer that you and I will be on a lifelong quest to continue to learn more and more about Jesus Christ, right? So what's Christianity? It's Christ, nothing more, nothing less. Christianity is not an ideology, it's not a system of philosophy. It is Christ. The greatness of Christ can be seen in C.S. Lewis' work um, and in Prince Caspian. Aslan says to Lucy, every year that you grow, the lion that represents Jesus says to Lucy, every year that you grow, you will find me bigger. I think that's beautiful illustration of spiritual growth. Every year that we grow in Christ, Jesus Christ looms larger and greater in our eyes. You know, I say all this because all the churches I've been a part of, once people lost sight of Christ, it got ugly. It got messy. It got tiring. It got, it became an idol. First uh, Corinthians chapter one, verse 20. We're going to read 20 to 24. I was going to read 26, but it was too long. So where does this leave philosophy? Oh, this is a convicting to me too. Where does this leave the philosophers, the scholars, and the world's brilliant debaters, right? God has made the wisdom of this world look foolish since God and his wisdom saw that the world will never know him through human wisdom. He used our foolish preaching to save those who believe. It is foolish to the Jews who ask for signs from heaven and it is foolish to the Greeks who seek human wisdom. So when we preach that Christ was crucified, the Jews are offended. And the Gentiles say it's all nonsense. But those who are called by God to salvation, both Jews and Gentiles, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God, right? And so we see here just like a, a word like stumbling block in certain translations, and it's really the Greek word scandal. So the scandal is that through your, though your sin was great, God's love was greater. Christ is so much more. As you study Christ, right? You see, like you like you know, he 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 was poor. He grew up poor. He grew up poor, and he overcame. He relates to the poor. When when he started his ministry and and, and Luke, right? He said, "I will preach the good news to the poor." And when you realize that, you're like okay. The, the part of me that wants social justice, the part of me that's e e egalitarian, this satisfies that, right? Christ relates to the rich, right? Joseph of Arimathea must have been getting BCC'd on all his newsletter emails because homeboy came out of nowhere with his money, his political influence, and, and was used mightily after the cross, right? You love academia? Christ was smart. At 12 years old, he was blowing people's mind when they, when they left them at, at, at the feast and he was talking to all the scholars, right? Love justice and charity? Christ was feeding people and healing people. There was no health care. Christ was like the health care of his area. He was feeding people. You love investments and personal responsibility? Then you'll love the parable of the talents. You love politics and you're like a Bernie bro and, you know, you have an AOC t-shirt. That's cool. Christ picked zealots, literally political zealots, to be part of his 12. You love the military, right? You listen to like military music when you're walking your 10,000 steps. That's cool. Christ said that the centurion had great faith. You believe in woman empowerment? Then you'll love the story of the woman at the well. You'll love the story with the woman, the woman at the well. She was like the first evangelist. 
the woman with the alabaster jar, right? He said, this story is going to be told forever. The woman, woman saw him at the resurrection first. You love kids? Christ loved kids. He prayed for kids. And he said, yeah, you should have faith like a child. You can never outgrow Christ. Christ is so much more. You study Christ, you realize he's the second Adam, right? Through the first Adam, sin came in. The second Adam, grace comes in. He's the new Israel. All his life parallels the journey of Israel. He's the only prophet, priest, and king, the head of the church, the coming king. You can never outgrow Christ. So when I'm talking about revealing, healing, and sealing, continue every week when you come to Summit Church, say, Christ, Jesus, reveal more. Holy Spirit, reveal more of Jesus in my life and through my life. So what's the vision? The vision is to raise up Christ followers, right? People that go to the summit. You know, the New Yorker magazine was talking about this thing called Nepo babies, Nepo babies, right? Uh, nep nepotism babies. And they were talking about different children, like certain influencers or celebrities are like nephews, nieces, grandchild, or even children of celebrities. And they were like, yo, this is like, they taking up all the space, right? But I remember that they even one of the articles, I, I, I gotta find it. They were even saying that people who their parents could afford or navigate um, a scholarship to a high school in LA called Crossroads became part of that nepotism baby list, right? Because of that attendance of that school, they were afforded certain knowledge and opportunities that made them qualified as privileged. I want people to say the same thing. When they see people rise up, oh, they go to summit church, that don't count. That don't count. They go to summit church, people praying for them. That don't count. They got a street coach over there. That don't count. They meet every Wednesday and they support each other. That don't count. They, you know, that, that, that church produces powerful disciples. I want that kind of, of, of power and privilege to come out of this church to raise up followers of Christ that are unshakable, filled with joy, humility, and a willingness to serve selflessly from a place of confidence, not a place of seeking validation. There are women and men that know how to pray instead of panic, worship instead of worry, and fear God's disapproval more than man's disapproval. All right, let's talk about healing. Let's talk about healing. Philippians 4.8. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts. Ooh, fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Does you want to fix your life? Fix your thoughts. Romans 12, 2. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn God's will for your life, which is good and pleasing and perfect. 2 Corinthians 10, 5. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture the rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. So this, I'm going to talk about healing. That every Sunday is an opportunity to know more about Christ. And every Sunday is to get an opportunity to get a little bit more healed. The importance of seeking healing and renewal of our minds. If you don't heal what hurts you, you will bleed on people who didn't cut you. We're seeking healing, right? We talk about revealing, now we're healing. Negative thoughts and attitudes and patterns can lead to feelings of despair and hopelessness. 
opportunities to be transformed and renewed during worship and the study of God's word. We need to persistently seek healing and renewal of our minds. You a parent, you need to get healed every Sunday. The way we react to parenting situation is often tied to our childhood. We can't just keep using it as an excuse. That's why one of our goals is demons get defeated, right? Not just the devils, but strongholds in our life. Generational trauma. Go from capital T to small T, and then it becomes post-traumatic growth, right? So we need to seek healing as a parent. Um, so we can lovingly respond, not just react to all our child's feelings, even the ones who are irrational. I gotta take a sip on that one. There are things we could do as parents to encourage sound mental health. And one of those things is coming to church every Sunday. And for some of you guys, coming to church and getting therapy. For some of you guys, coming to church and join a parenting group. For some of you guys, you love your kids so much. How many books do you read on parenting? You love your kids so much. How many podcasts do you listen to on parenting? You love your kids so much. How many social media accounts do you follow on positive parenting? So every week we come together to seek healing. Say you're single, right? Why do I have to seek healing? It improves emotional health. When you seek healing and renewal of your mind, you're better equipped to overcome negative thoughts, harmful attitudes, harmful patterns of thinking, and experience greater emotional well-being, right? You single, you're not healed. You texting your little girlfriend, God bless you, sister. I'm praying for you today, right? And she don't respond right away. And you're not healed. And you're like, the devil got her. She's cheating on me. She's praying for another brother. <laughs> And you start thinking the worst all the time, right? All right, so we gotta learn to be healed. This can make us more positive and attractive and it could improve our relationship with ourselves and others. We seek healing, greater spiritual growth and increased capacity to love. When you learn to love God and yourself, you increase your capacity for love in general and better equipped to love others, right? And, and there's a little tip. Some of us, we're a little older. You know, we got a little gray. There's a good chance that if God is bringing us a second chapter, a third chapter relationship, and we meet another person and we get a new spouse, there's a good chance that person got kids, that person got their own baggage, and we need to increase our capacity to love, right? So every week we come together, Christ is revealed, and we continue to grow and get healed. Now the ceiling. What time is it? Oh, yeah, I gotta go faster. Ephesians 1.13, and you were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth and the gospel of your salvation. When you believe you are marked in him with the seal, the promise of the Holy Spirit. So the mark, the seal, the watermark of Christ in your life is important because it serves as a testimony to the world, evidence of your salvation and display of the fruit of your spirit, the fruit of the spirit. By allowing Christ to be evident in life, you can have a, power, a powerful impact on those around you and bring glory to God, right? There's proof, right? You take the train, you see somebody reading a pink newspaper. I think it's, what's that pink newspaper called? Like Investment Today magazine. You know that person's serious about investing. 
You take the train, you see somebody with like a bag that says venom and swollen ears, don't mess with them. They probably take jujitsu, right? There's evidence, there's evidence, right? I could go on a train and I'm like 70% sure in certain situations, I know who's a teacher, right? There's evidence, the way, the way they dress, their bag, the way they, they look, right? And there's evidence to certain people professional. You could you could hear a person and sometimes you know, oh, that's a cop, right? Just the way they speak, right? Their, vo their vocals. So we need to have these evidence that somebody says, that's a Christian. So we'd be a testimony, uh, evidence, I said it before. And then there's the last thing. When we have the seal of the Holy Spirit, every week we come to church on Sunday, Christ is greater revealed. It sparks an interest in us to do our own study, our own pursuit. That every week we come and it's healing, right? We, we, we leave the place a little with a greater commitment for wholeness, for healing, for renewing the mind. Then we come to church on Sundays and then the seal becomes more evident, right? The imprint is more evident. The watermark is it, it's seen in, in a greater way. And this helps attract like-minded individuals. Water seeks its own level. Right? You ever work in a, walk in a big workshop and then there's like the unmotivated crew find each other. And then, and then you know, I, I do like workshops for power coordinators. And listen, you see it, water seeks its own level. And the, the, the power coordinators who get in trouble all the time, they find each other. They, it just, I don't know if it's body language, I don't know if it's aroma, but they find each other, right? So when you have that watermark, you will continue to find other seekers, people who want to know about Christ and other Christians, right? And so that's why we have the, the seal. So in conclusion, every week we should focus on revealing Christ's love and light in our life. This involves seeking healing for our heart, hearts and souls and making a deliberate effort to strengthen the seal of God to be seen in our lives. Okay, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you and I pray that this message sparked a desire in many people's life to seek you more, to read the gospels. Maybe somebody's watching this and they're gonna read Luke through apps from now to Easter twice so they can see you. And then they begin to see you through the filter of their life, through their, their experience. I pray for healing that every week we come together. Right now, somebody watching this place watching this video, will trust you for their healing. Will choose to respond instead of react. Will choose to pray in the pause. And I pray, Lord God, for the sealing that, that when we will leave this place, when we go to work, when we live our lives, that we will walk with a certain grace, that the anointing will release a certain fragrance in our life, a certain frequency, a certain vibration, that we will attract other Christians and attract other people seeking you, Lord. Lord, because there's people praying for the salvation of people that are connected to us and that we are the vessels to bring your glory. It's injected into their story. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you, fam. Let me stop the recording.